Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Challenges. It's one of the things that I hear the most about when I go around and talk to the veterans. Problems. The veteran homelessness, which is an issue that you have to deal with. Issues. Dramatic cuts to social safety net programs. It's not about how we react to them. It's about how we deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. We have um, numerous victims right now. Pretty terrified. I actually can't believe that this happened. You just heard it going pop, 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 pop. It was a hundred pops at a time. So I just kept thinking, like, we just need to get home to our kids. This is an individual who was described as a lone wolf. I don't know how it could have been prevented. We're dealing with a very, very sick individual. We have recovered 23 firearms at Mandalay Bay and 19 firearms at his home in Mesquite. Convene a bipartisan select committee to deal with this crisis in America. It's yet another morning in America where we wake up to the news that there's been a mass shooting. Innocent Americans killed by a madman. What law, what safety precaution, what the hell can we do to stop this kind of thing from happening as it does all too often in this country? And it seems like that conversation always steers its way back to gun control. In fact, during the intro to this segment, we heard from Congressional Representative Elizabeth Esty, Democrat from Connecticut, talk about just that. That's what we're asking for, a vote on common sense proposals like background checks and to convene a bipartisan select committee to deal with this crisis in America. Representative Mike Thompson from California, the chair of the House Gun Violence Prevention Task Force, had this to say. The Republicans need to drop their dangerous, wrong-headed gun agenda that they're pushing this year. Their bill to deregulate the sale of silencers and their bill to make it easier to conceal carry in the United States of America. And bam, quicker than we can even play a 10-second soundbite, a member of Congress turns this into a partisan debate. But it's not just politicians that feel like debating this and are racking their brain for a solution. We at ConnectingVets.com sat around the water cooler and also wondered what can be done. So we posed that exact question to my colleagues, the host of the morning briefing and Navy veteran, Eric Dame, and Navy veteran and VA reporter, Jonathan Kopager. Eric, go ahead, man. I think when it comes down to things like these, uh, and we still don't know what the motivations of this person was, but when it comes down to killing mass amounts of people using firearms, using explosives, using whatever means uh, someone does, to me, it always comes down to one common denominator, and that is the person. And that crazy people have been doing crazy things for as long as people have been around. I think that's the common denominator, and I think guns are an easy scapegoat for it. But the fact of the matter is there are 
over 300 million guns in this country. There's more guns than there are people, yet we have 30,000 firearms-related deaths, homicides, annually. 30,000 out of 300-plus million. When you look at the numbers, it's, it's, it's significant because of the loss of human life, and the loss of one human life is always significant. But statistically, is it the huge problem that people say it is? I don't think so. And I think the problem is more that there are dangerous people out there who may choose to use this tool. But if you take that tool away, they're going to find another way. Now, you said statistically it's not that that big. But if you talk to one of the people that had a family member killed yesterday, right. then, yeah, it, it's a big deal to them. I, I'm not a fan of guns. I never have been. I I. I got in trouble while I was in the military because I refused. To, I were going to Croatia and I refused to carry a gun and I got mm. crowded for a while. I just, I personally don't like them. I don't see any use in them. If I could, I would get rid of them all because I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It just doesn't make sense to me. Why can't we have some sort of regulation that makes it harder to get these things? It's not for everybody. Some people take care of them the correct way. My grandmother had a lot of guns. She she taught me how to hunt. I don't like it. Right. Why Your grandmother was packing. My grandma was packing. Mine too. You know, that, <laughs> back awesome. in the day, that's what you did. Okay. But okay. my grandmother also was kind of a smart person. She kept things locked up. She kept her gun locked up. Sure. There was nothing. It wasn't loaded while it was in the house. There was a lot of things that, that you just did back then. Now, I mean, how often do we hear about a kid getting a loaded gun and, and shooting another kid by accident? You know, it happens. Those those stupid accidents don't need to happen. And if there were better rules on the books that were enforced, they wouldn't. Here's the thing, though. You can't legislate against stupidity. You can make all the laws you want about locking up your firearms, but if dummy over here, and right. I'm pointing to an imaginary person, and, well, this is audio, so it doesn't matter where I'm pointing anyway, but <laughs> if some dummy isn't going to lock it up, I mean, what do you do about that? Do you go into people's homes and check, do spot checks every day? The argument to that is they have legislated stupidity when it comes to driving, drinking and driving. And people still do it and people Not, still die. Yes, they do. But if the rules weren't on the books, it would happen more often. I was going to say to the drunk driving analogy, once MAD was created and once they started a huge campaign, the amount of drinking and driving incidences yeah. went way down over a period of time. And I don't have stats on me to back that up, but I know that, you know, through the 80s, it definitely declined. But you remember that. As and I remember 80s, we I remember, went through that yeah. stuff and it was ingrained in our heads don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive. And this is what it's going to take for this. It's not just going to be tomorrow we're going to create a rule and everything's going to change. It's going to be decades of learning the correct way of right. dealing with things. But you're also but talking hold on, about... Let me, let me just get us back onto the playing field here. Will any of that limit, in your opinion, Jonathan, the amount of psychopaths that take whatever guns they can get... You know, through legal means, mm -hmm. even if they have to wait 14 days and a secret handshake and know the code word and have their physician verify that, you know, they're mm -hmm. not bat crazy. Is that really going to limit those rules? Is it really going to limit the amount of mass shootings? Uh, I don't know. and But we haven't tried it, so let's try that. Because not doing anything isn't helping. The mass shootings have been getting worse and worse and worse. And after Sandy Hook, you would think... That a bunch of kids being murdered would make people look at it differently, but right. it didn't. And now we're back again. More people dead. Eric. 
America. And, and again, Sandy Hook is is an example. It's my home state. My mother knew people that lost children at Sandy Hook. It's something that's uh, very close to me in many ways, geographically, personally, uh, you know, uh, basically with with my mother knowing people who lost their children there. What could have been done to prevent that? What could have been done? The only thing that I've had people say that makes any sense to me is if that kid had been, one, involuntarily committed, or if his mother had been willing to do that, the family had taken the steps. Uh, Two, I mean, if they didn't have any guns, yes, theoretically. Here's the problem with theoretically. There are 300 million plus guns in this nation. If you... First off, you would need a magic wand to get rid of all of them and make them not exist. Guns right. exist. They're not going away. If you go to house to house and people are willing to give you their guns, how many people aren't? How about all of those felons who are responsible for the lion's share of gun homicides in this country mm-hmm. who already are legally not allowed to own firearms but already do? Those people, well, they've shown already by their actions that they are not interested in following the law. So what is the legislation going to do in those cases? And when we compare it to drunk driving, I think it's a bit of a false equivalency because of the numbers. If you look at the numbers of people killed in car accidents versus the number of people killed by firearms. And you can say, well, there's a lot more guns. uh, There's a lot more people driving every day than there are guns. There's also 300 million guns or as many guns as there are people. And a fraction of a percent of them are used in violent crime. So then it comes down to a rights issue where if 99.9% of all gun owners are doing things the right way, following the rules, and it causes no problems, why should they be punished for the actions of a very, very small subsection? You know, it, it seems like your logic behind this is it's too big, it's too massive, so let's not do anything. We have to do something. Something has to happen, even if it's just a small change right now. And then we'll do another change after that, another change after that. Your right to have a gun does not trump my right to live. And those, after those after yesterday, after this, that's the thing. But it, but it is. It's very much connected to the 59 people who died in Las Vegas. I have a right to live. I have a right to go where I want to go and not be afraid of being shot. This is it's ridiculous. It's Ugh. it's Ugh. horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. Mm. But here's the thing: if you take guns away from the equation, do mass killings stop? Does the Oklahoma City bombing not no, happen? Do the people getting run over with cars would still be alive? Would if they, they though? If they, if those guns, if that guy could not get those guns, and we we heard that he had all these different guns, maybe even fixed a couple that were or, or tweaked a couple that were uh, semi-automatic to make them automatic. I don't know, but something happened. He had all this stuff that he shouldn't have had. The bombs that he had in his house, the extra guns, and all the bullets mm. he had in his house. Should there be a, a, a way of, of tracking that better? I mean, there should be there should be ways of doing this. We're in the 21st century. We could do this. We can't just keep saying, oh, it's too big. Oh, I've got gun rights. No. The, when do human lives trump gun rights? Here's the thing. I disagree with you. You say those 59 people would still be alive. I say they would have been killed by another means. He had bombs, as you just said. If this guy wanted to kill people, he was going to kill people. The tool that he uses, I think, is the wrong focus. The focus should be on these people. Somebody had to know something about this guy. Right. Could they have turned them in? Could that person have then, could they have then checked on them and gotten those guns? But if he hadn't broken any laws prior to purchasing those firearms legally, 
How can you stop something like that from happening? Adam Lanza, the Newtown shooter, his mother hadn't broken any uh, laws. She was fully licensed to have all of the weapons that she had. She went through stringent background checks. The state of Connecticut is very strict on firearms. More strict now, but back then was already very strict, even though they have firearms manufacturers like Colt in the state. What can you actually do? No one's been able to tell me a feasible actionable thing that we can do as far as gun control that we haven't already done that crazy people will follow that will make a dent in these issues because it's always always a crazy person or some sort of extremist right and i think you guys are both at the gates of a possible solution there it's just we don't know which one is the right door is it mental health and saying look i know my neighbor is crazy town. He never leaves his house. He's got tons right. of guns. He's always babbling political stuff. I mean, can you report somebody for being suspected crazy? Because if that were the case, I guarantee I, I could walk down the street and within 10 yeah. minutes run into somebody that I would like to report to the emergency mental health authorities and they should show up with their white lab coats at his house and take him away because to me, he's nuts. Is that what we do? Treat it with mental health. But even Or that- do we tap the gun distribution networks and say that, okay, let's limit all access points to guns and make it even harder than it is now and close off gun show loopholes and co- and close off all these other access points to guns. To Eric's point, that probably won't stop the ever-present flow of crazy. Yes and no. On one side, I agree with you that, that the crazies out there are an issue. And as a society, we have not put enough inform- information or input into dealing with mental health because every time something like this happens the whole conversation gets hijacked by gun rights it becomes gun rights gun rights gun rights when it should be about mental mental health health and how to how to better get information out to everybody to to seek help i I think what we need to do is find uh not directly addressing the tool of the gun but how to keep that tool from getting into the hands of those who would use it incorrectly. And I don't know how you do that. Or maybe both. Maybe you have to address both because it's not just one or the other. It's both. It's keeping it harder for people to get guns who shouldn't have it, but also getting help to the people who need the help. Right. Mm. And, and Let me ask you, let's zoom out globally for a second and look at ourselves in comparison to the rest of the world. Yeah. Is it me or does this crap happen way more often in America than we hear about in the rest of the world? The spree shootings do. They absolutely do. I mean, they do happen I mean, elsewhere. What the hell's the problem with us? Are we just nut jobs in this country? Are we just an adolescent nation that isn't mature enough to, like, are we going through puberty? Whereas, like, countries like France, Germany, Italy, I mean, they've been in existence hundreds mm. and thousands of years longer than we have. What's our deal? Why does this happen here way more often than it happens anywhere else? My personal thought on that is that we are unique in the world as far as the diversity that you see in the United States in every manner. I'm not talking about people from different races and ethnicities and religions. I'm talking about political thought, ideology, that our our American tribe, if you will, is people with a lot of different points of views that sometimes go together very well, sometimes don't. Whereas if you go to some place like, uh, I, I spent time in Scandinavia, in Iceland. Sure. In Iceland, there is an Icelandic national identity when you get up there, which is... 
very uh, undiverse. It's one of the least diverse places in the entire world where everybody seems to have this commonly held belief and everybody's kind of moving in the same direction. Okay, Jonathan, you traveled the world as well. And talk to me. What makes, why is this such a problem in America? Are we just nut jobs on this planet and all the other countries just seemingly behave better? I've always thought that uh, America, United States, um, is more juvenile when it, when you kind of look at, at the world stage. We're, we're younger. We're, we've, we're going through growing pains that other countries have already gone through. Um, we tend to think of, of ourselves as being more advanced than we probably are, which may have something to do with that. I don't know. Mm. But um, I really think that we're just, I mean, we're cowboys. That, that's, that's our background. Guns, you know, Wild West shoot them up, let's go into the saloon and shoot things up. That's part of our, our history. That's, that's how we look at, at ourselves. It's how the rest of the world looks at us. So could part of it also be just that we're kind of living up to how we created ourselves? I don't know. And a, a, an interesting thing, too, when you look at countries with very strict gun laws and the, the murder rates specifically, not that much different from what the U.S. is. It's really hmm. more the means. Um, we do have more violent crime in this country than, than several other uh, advanced Western nations, but on the grand scheme of things, uh, is for the amount of people we have, it's really not that not that significant. And, and that's another thing where people have to take into account, we're a big country, 300 plus million people. I, look at some place like England. How many people are in England? 30, 40 million people, something like that. I mean, right. we could combine a couple of cities into the entire population of many of these other countries. But so, look at India. Doesn't India trump our population? Aren't there like a billion people in India or something like that? Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of people. They have many so, more people than we do. India and China. You don't hear about mass shootings in but New also, Delhi, do Can their you? infrastructure I mean, be like ours? I mean, the way of getting information out probably isn't like ours. Yeah, you have other problems going on there, which, uh, again, I think if we looked at the, uh, the yeah, crime rate. I guess poverty is probably. Crime rate and the murder rate over there is going to be uh, you know very, very similar to ours. Uh, maybe huh. even more, I think, if we looked into it. I don't have... The Indian stats off the type, top of my head. China is a good one. China is a very restrictive government, as we know, like social media even. They won't let you get onto Twitter or Facebook. You have to use Weibo, which is their version of Twitter or their right. version of Facebook. Guns, also very restricted over there, but there have been a, quite a few mass killings recently over there, oftentimes involving uh, vehicles, uh, blades. Uh, you have seen some guns start getting into the country in some provinces where they've had some unrest recently. But again, I think the perception that it's a uniquely American problem, I think focuses uh, is, is, do we have more of them than anyone else? Yes. You know what else we have? We have a 24 hour news cycle. That's not just of interest to us. It's of interest to everyone around the world because the United States is the last superpower and is inwardly focused. Who's the president of India right now, yeah, Phil? I, <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Don't know. You know what I mean? And then go to India and ask him who's the president of the United States. And I bet you the majority of people over there would be able to name it. All right. On one hand, I can see that the news media always is illuminating these problems and we might think it's a bigger deal than it is, but it's a freaking big deal. You walk into the kitchen, you turn the lights on, you see a hundred cockroaches. It doesn't mean that you have a light problem. It means no. you got cockroaches. Um, <laughs> It also means but, that there's gun crime outside. We're not alone. We're not the only people. When it comes to these right. mass killings, uh, it certainly seems, I would need to look more into the details on this, but it certainly seems uh, that with a few exceptions, I mean, the, the shooting in Norway, Norway, Anders Breivik killed 80 people, something like 77, that. 77, I mean, that's yeah, the largest. It's the largest ever. Uh, I think we focus more on what's happening around us, as we should. We're Americans. This is our country. Right. And when something like this happens, uh, it's horrifying, but... 
the vast majority of those mass shootings involve criminal enterprise. They involve, uh, you know, not the random people on the street being shot uh, by criminals, but right. criminals shooting other criminals, which Americans just don't look at in the same way. All right, dude, I'm going to agree to disagree there only because, look, I, I'm not talking about the evening news and drive-bys and, you know, crime. I, I'm talking mass shootings, Pulse in Orlando, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, it is effed up how often that happens in our country to innocent people. All right, but we're going to call time on that because now it's a new time. Magic wand time. Magic wand. You have one. You can yeah. fix an issue with it. Mm. What do you do with it? Let's start. Jonathan, you got a magic wand. How to fix these mass shootings. If I have a magic wand, I want everybody just to love everyone. I'm sorry, but that's, that's <laughs> how I'm going to go. I don't want to mess with anything, anything else. Let's fix poverty. Let's just love everybody and, and rainbows and flowers for all. Okay, your magic wand does not have LSD in it. <laughs> it fixes things through policy and some sort of rulemaking and some sort of initiatives. What does your magic wand do? My magic to address wand change the whole topic of mental health. Get rid of the stigma because I, I have a, a, a therapist. I have an appointment to see my therapist tomorrow. I can't wait because this is driving me crazy, and I'm fine with it. My husband's fine with seeing the therapist, but a lot of people, my own parents, thought it was a weakness. And maybe that's what we need to change first is change the stigma of that so people aren't so afraid to go get help when they know they need it. And that stigma can can have an effect. Look at Adam Lanza, whose parents essentially, from what we've heard over this the, that shooter, his parents divorced because of disagreements in part over how they were raising him yeah. and how they were treating what was clearly an individual who had significant issues. And mom thought, oh, he'll get through it. He'll be okay. I'll be able to take care of him. And that uh, that didn't work out too well for her or for the uh, the children and staff members at that school, to say the very least. So I, I think that stigma of mental health uh, is certainly an issue that needs mm. to be dealt with and could certainly help with this. Well, I appreciate both you guys sharing kind of diametrically opposed views at times, but at the same time, we come together as vets and it's an issue that I think we all care deeply about. So, uh, you know, thank you guys both, man. Thank you, Phil. And so we end this podcast right back at the beginning. Gun control versus gun rights. And predictably, the politicians settle into their positions. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on why it's so premature to talk about this. Look, the investigation's not even been completed, and I think it's uh, premature to be discussing legislative solutions, if there are any. And on the other side, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. In the past, he's been very reasonable about the gun issue. Uh, he ran for Republican president. He had to do what the NRA wanted him to do. But now it would be an act of courage, strength, and popularity to do something America's yearning for. Both of them are saying what pleases their base and their contributors. And both of them contribute to getting nothing done. Oh, and let's not forget the mental health issues now. They are interwoven and relevant in this discussion. <laughs> Obviously, there's no single answer here. But if we're going to try to change things, we have to get real and ask ourselves, if we have the right to have guns, do we really need high-power military-style guns? Sure, have a 12-gauge, a 30 6 hunt your deer, duck, whatever. Have some handguns. Have a Glock, a Sig Sauer, a 45 caliber hand cannon is fun. 
But isn't taking the style weapons off the table a fair place to start? I mean, gun owners. What is so necessary about collecting that kind of gun? And for the mental health crowd, look, maybe we do start with kids today and hope that with regular screenings and some heavy promotion of mental health issues and the fact that it's okay to get treatment, it's okay to get help, you know, maybe we can help them at a young age. And maybe we can keep a kid or two from turning into a full-fledged psychopath. But even with all those things in place, banning certain kinds of guns, mainstreaming mental health so that everyone feels it's okay to get help, even with all that in place, there are no guarantees that people aren't going to raise hell. The most thought-provoking suggestion I've heard so far was something I read on Twitter recently. And someone compared this gun crisis, this mass shooting crisis, to the problem we've had with building fires. A long time ago, building fires frequently killed a lot of people. So to fix it, governments established building codes, and building owners had to include sprinkler systems, and architects had to design multiple fire exits, and there was a whole change in how we built buildings. Everything from the materials we used to the way it was constructed. Eventually, we got to a point where building fires didn't kill as many people as often. Was it expensive? Hell yes. But it worked. So why don't we go to the expense of installing metal detectors everywhere? Maybe we got to pay for armed security guards at every retail, commercial, and public space. Look, would it suck to have the wand run over me every time I go somewhere? Yes. Would it suck that all businesses have to pay for some kind of armed security, thus increasing their payroll? Yes. But it wouldn't suck as bad as getting shot. Look, if we're going to continue our love of guns, great. Yippee-ki-yay, man. Lock and load it. But something should also happen to ensure that the psychos who love the guns just as much find it a bit harder to turn our schools, movie theaters, and concert venues into shooting galleries. This discussion will continue for a long time. And as long as it does, we'll be here to help you deal with it. I'm Phil Briggs. And I'll talk to you again on ConnectingVets.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.